Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Owl, and I am here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl, what are we talking about today? We are talking about Malcolm and Marie, a movie that came out like a month ago, but we are very <laughs> late about recording podcasts. We have a long list of stuff to record a podcast on, but we're working on it. We're going to get it through, so we have room to put more stuff on the list. But we're getting through it. This is kind of the first step in, in getting through it. We watched this movie... I think when it came out on Netflix. Yeah, we may have done this the, the very night. Yeah, and, and it's taken this long. <laughs> I think it came out January, February 4th, maybe, on Netflix, and it's February 28th now. So I would apologize if our remembering of the movie isn't as strong as it should be. Are you familiar with the myth of Sisyphus? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I Pretend I'm saying a, a word. That makes sense. Um, not that can't tell. If that's just because the way you're saying it. It could be just the way I'm saying it. At any rate, it's uh, it's I think believe it's a Greek myth about a uh, person or a demigod who they're basically their job in Hades or in life. I don't remember which one. Clearly, I know very little about this. Basically, they push a boulder up a hill and they do that for eternity. <laughs> that could so be I like that. that could be our list. <laughs> oh yeah, that's we're list. just gonna add to it. We are. I think I think I add like two things to it every week. <laughs> I really am not going to try to say that again. But anyways, so that's what it the is. The boulder up the hill guy. Yeah. Are we talking about anything beforehand? Yes, we are. There was some... I mean, actually, people might get a little mad at us for talking about this since we really do not know anything about this franchise. But uh, Nickelodeon announced that they're starting like an Avatar Studios to, um, to make more content involving... Avatar, the universe of the TV series Avatar The Last Airbender, which we have not watched. It's an animated show, correct? It is an animated show on Nickelodeon. And the movie Avatar The Last Airbender, that's... From M. Night Shyamalan. It's that was live action. And that, that was live action. And that was in the same... It's the same character? Yes. It's not in the same universe, but okay. it was, it was, that was an adaptation. And apparently, it was not very good. I have not seen it. I haven't either. That's too bad. I think Dev Patel was the main character in that one too. I really, he's really good, and also, um, oh, I'm forgetting the gentleman's name. Anyway, he was uh, he the the villain has been very nice to the theater company that I used to work with, uh, and I forgot his name, so that's just really horrible. At any rate, uh, yes. Yeah, so, but the Avatar: Last End Universe has already been kind of pretty big. There's the three seasons of the original TV series on Nickelodeon, Avatar The Last Airbender. Then there was the spinoff, The Legend of Korra, which went on for four seasons and was not as popular. Then I think there's been some graphic novels in the universe. Uh, there was the movie. They're working on a live-action Netflix series, although the creators of the show, of Avatar The Last Airbender, the original show, were originally involved but left due to creative differences, which has made people hesitant on how the show will be. Oh, that's interesting. So, was this like were you in the prime years of this, and we just didn't watch it, or was this before your time as a? I'm going to tell you, let's talk about the audience for the cartoon, like eight, eight to twelve, maybe, or nine to twelve, or I don't uh, know. Well, if we did, did we miss it, or did we just not watch it? Oh uh, no, I think we missed it actually because it started in 2005, so it's it's older than me. Okay, so yeah, so we were, you were just too young for it, probably. 
Yes. Well, that's cool. But, I mean, this was kind of really expected for them to do more in the, the Avatar universe. And by the way, what's actually happening is this own kind of branch of Nickelodeon, as far as I'm, I'm aware of it, that the creators of the original show, Avatar The Last Inbreder, will be able to do stuff in. There's supposed to be a animated movie and basically just more stuff in that universe, which is to be expected because Avatar The Last Inbreder made Netflix a lot of money. I think I think Avatar the Last Endbender it like broke the record for the longest amount of days to be on like the top ten most watched things really? on Netflix. Oh that's cool. And I think Legend of Korra also had a very long run on Netflix's top ten. So they're both they've gotten a lot more popular on Netflix. That is very very interesting to hear. And actually this is random and I didn't really know it. Maybe I picked this up subconsciously. But the last Airbender was actually the nickname I gave to your mom when we first started dating. That's that's a joke. Just, that, that's another dad joke. Well, <laughs> I don't know what you thought would be gotten from that. <laughs> Do you think we're ever going to get the watching Avatar: The Last Airbender? No. <laughs> Why not? Probably not. I remember at this point last year, almost when quarantine started, because. Although you may think it's been a year, it's actually been a couple minutes since last <laughs> yeah, March. It just feels familiar. <laughs> and how it feels. I think I thought about watching Avatar The Last Airbender. I think we had somebody tell us that it was pretty good and like the Korra thing was even better. We just, I mean, that's this not, is one person's opinion. I don't think that's not the popular opinion. I believe it's uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is fantastic and Korra is okay. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I remember Cora got a lot of the props for showing like a lesbian relationship on te- television, especially like children's directed to kids. That's television. great. Yeah, very cool. Uh, okay, yeah. So probably not. I mean, if we had like again, if a hundred people come up and tell us like this is amazing, you're going to love it. Of course, we're going to probably watch it. I, I could probably find you a hundred people that would come up. With I think it only matters if they find us. Okay, <laughs> like if we're actively seeking people to prove our point. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff to watch. There's so much. Have you heard of the myth of Because <laughs> 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 that's what it feels like. We're adding more stuff, like the last Airbender. Anyway, but it, that is cool. So I'm glad. I'm glad. It did. I'm always glad when a fandom gets like news they're excited about. But so you're I, not excited by 24 hour pop culture news cycle news that gets fans excited. I'm not. It's exhausting on everyone. That's my that's my final position on it. <laughs> it's exhausting for everyone. Everyone. Every single one. Speaking of exhausting. <laughs> kidding. Kind of. Maybe. Uh, so, yeah. I think we've, we've exhausted all we can talk about about a universe we haven't watched anything from. Teenager doing a dad joke. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Malcolm and Marie, the movie we're here to talk about and uh, knock it off the list. It was, I should have pulled it up before talking. Uh, give me three seconds. One, two. Malcolm and Marie is about a director and his girlfriend's relationship. And a director and his girlfriend's relationship is tested after they return home from the movie premiere and await critics' responses. It stars John David Washington and Zendaya, and only them. They are the two characters. It is written and directed by Sam Levinson. 
Zendaya can do anything. That's a fact. That is a fact. Zendaya can do anything. That's true. You're wondering why we'd invent in that, but that's actually like a running joke for a couple <laughs> of years that Zendaya can do anything. She can. She uh, she continues. She was amazing in this, I thought. Uh, I would, I would, I would that, say that. What, what did you think of the movie? Uh, when I was making that exhausting joke, I was kind of using that as a transition for this movie. Uh, I thought this movie was pretty exhausting. Uh, I, I admire a lot of it. It looked beautiful. The black and white photography is amazing. I thought the performances were incredibly great, all, all two of them. Um, you know, this is filmed in a pandemic, right? So they were, this is, you know, kind of um, almost like a project, you know, like can we pull off a feature length good film in a pandemic? And, you know, so that's a fun, I admire that. Uh, again, John David Washington, his performance was incredible also. So I liked a lot of it, but I guess the overall story arc and the movie itself, I didn't, didn't really terribly enjoy what it reminded me of. And, you know, I'm certainly, you know, I, I thought this independently. And then after reading some reviews, um, I was not alone in this, but it definitely reminded me of like acting class, you know, being back in New York and working on scenes, you know. It felt, it felt, uh, yeah, it felt like act, acting exercises, which can be amazing. But if they're not tied together into a, an awesome story, it becomes exhausting. So that, that's, that's, that's kind of what I thought about it. I have more thoughts, though, but I can tell them later. What did you think of it? I, uh, I think I, in general, enjoyed this movie. Uh, the acting is really, really good, and you kind of, if it, when a movie with only two people in it and you kind of expect those two performances to be, then, you know, have to be something special. It seems like John David Washington is having, you know, a lot of fun with this role. It's just nice to see him, like, yell and, like, dance and do, I don't know, do, do the stuff that Malcolm does. It seems like he's having an enjoyable time doing that. I really like how, how uh, Washington kind of digs into the, um, this is a child-friendly podcast. This is the the a hole. Is it okay for me? Would you say jerk? The the jerkness of the character of Malcolm, and I think he does that really well, almost better than I think uh, the script goes into the jerkness of Malcolm that it should. Uh, Zendaya is also fantastic. There was a moment, maybe two seconds in January, where people thought that. Zendaya would possibly get Oscar recognition for this role. And I think, uh, I don't know if it's that high deserving, but she's definitely really, really, really good in this role. The uh, the fact that, you know, I don't know, when you say that, that reminds me of the exhausting 24-hour entertainment news cycle. The fact that people would, you know, say that, and that's news for a little while, and then another movie comes out, and I don't know, whatever. That reminds me of that. The, like tidbits of news like that but yeah i mean i would i haven't seen everything certainly but i would certainly just think she deserves consideration what about you yes oh no i do i, I do too um i think another thing that's uh good in this movie is uh the writing the movie is mostly arguments that's kind of what you said where it feels like acting class this is mostly Argument break, argument break, argument break is kind of the structure in this movie. But I think those arguments are uh, entertaining and well done, even if maybe the movie should be a little more than just arguments. 
Uh, I think the characters are well created, and Sam Levinson, I believe, knows who they are, uh, especially with the character of Malcolm. It's kind of easy to see the kind of uh, a jerk the Malcolm is, and, and kind of seeing Malcolm be a jerk is part of the appeal of the movie. And I think, again, I don't know Sam Levinson. I've never met him. I'm probably never going to meet him. Uh, but it seems like there's some self-insertion. <laughs> Just, sorry. That well, it's hard. It's, I mean, it's hard not to think that, you know, because it's about a writer, director, filmmaker coming home after his big premiere, you know, and there's... So there's there's almost definitely some some self-insertion in there, and I think the character of Malcolm is well-created, even if there's... They don't do as much, or go in the direction with that character as I think they should, and I think the movie would have been better from doing it. Um, this movie, and this is almost the, the main thing for me is that it looks really good uh sam levinson and uh Mar- marcel rev marcel rev there's there's some accent mark there's an accent mark i'm not sure i'm pronouncing correctly uh but they've they've uh, who's the cinematographer of this movie they've worked together for a good bit i think marcel rev's done some stuff for euphoria of which sam levinson has created and i think he's been the cinematographer for most of levinson's films so it's, you know, I like different artists who like to work together, but I think this movie looks really good. The choice to do it in black and white, I think really, really helps this movie. Like shots are framed very well. And there's definitely some like moments where you can pause it and just look at it and be like, that's really beautiful. There's a moment outside kind of in like the woods with trees and like, I don't know what, what they do to make it look like this, but it looks really like unsettling and cool looking. I'm sure there's a word for what they're doing to create that effect. But I don't know. All I know is that it looks really good and I would like to do a shot like that in some, in some point. Yeah. I think I agree with you visually. It's a beautiful film and beautiful actors doing, uh, you know, good work, but yeah, I know the shot you're talking about. It's cool. Yes. Um, color, the lack, I guess, the lack of colors that are not black and white <laughs> kind of does add to the effect of the scene. And, like, this shows kind of my my need for more knowledge about filmmaking itself. So I, I'm not sure what this was called, but it's like a, I don't know, there's a very distinct style to, like, what black and white adds to this film. So I think maybe if you watch it, which I kind of think you should... I don't know. Maybe you can have a light bulb moment and come up with exactly what it's that. What's that called? What what that is called? <laughs> um, but all I know is that it looks really cool. And I honestly, I'm going. There's a little bit of sidetrack. I've been talking for a long time, but just a little sidetrack is that a lot of like the negative stuff I've seen for this is that the, they said that neg- more the more critics of this movie, people are more negative on this movie. So the black and white felt unnecessary. But I kind of. I feel the exact opposite way. I think this movie would be worse with color than it is with black and white. I think it really adds to the feel of the movie. I like the black and white. I think it adds a certain just element of prestige and, you know, art filmness to it because it is kind of an art film. You don't see many two-handers in one location these days. You know, that kind of makes it almost an art film in and of itself right there. And the black and white kind of tended towards that. That being said, I don't know. It's saying something whether it was necessary or not. You know, I don't even know what that means uh, in yeah, in an art like kind of like opinion based uh, commentary. You know, 
was it necessary? I don't know. Maybe it wasn't necessary. Uh, it, was. it looked cool, though. <laughs> I liked it. Um, one thing I didn't like about this movie, and this is the main thing I didn't like about this movie, and it revolves around the character of Malcolm. And I kind of like the idea of the character of Malcolm. I, I don't know. I like the kind of the kind of jerk, kind of toxic masculinity person that he is. I find those characters uh, really interesting. But the one problem I have with this, and from what it seems, and other people have also seen this, but it seems like Levinson is a little too much on the side of Malcolm. Like, I think this movie would... I would have enjoyed this movie more if they gave Marie more, like, audience support, I think. I think this movie... I think I would enjoy this much more if it was really just about Marie revealing how much of a terrible person Malcolm is. Like, I'd be completely (laughs) fine with the message of this movie being like, hey, don't be like Malcolm. He has a lot of problems that make him kind of a terrible human being. Don't be like him. What is the message of this movie? How does it... It, Remind me, honestly, remind me how it ends. I know... Or can I tell you how I think it ends? It ends with a um, long monologue from Zendaya that she's that jogs your memory I just I I thought it ended with like a long shot of the two of them no it does but like that is after and I think in the is that a voiceover monologue or is that her talking to Malcolm that is her talking to Malcolm and what's the what's the end point of that monologue like how does it end then story wise I mean the end point is kind of like is kind of don't be like Malcolm Do they get back together? Do they get together? It's unclear. It's unclear. What do you feel like happens? I feel like they get back together. I feel like it's kind of the point, like this big argument that they have throughout this movie kind of brings them to a revelation about the relationship and they're going to have a better relationship from here on out. And I don't know if that's, that's, that's... true in concept. I feel like if you argue like they argue, that's not going to work. I don't think that's too much work to go do for me to re- to reach that. Uh, yeah, speaking that of exhausting, it reminds me of like relationships you have like in your 20s, you know, and arguments you might have when you're young and dating and and that that can be in- incredibly exhausting. And I would I would I would proffer to you, young <laughs> young teenager, that if you're having arguments like these guys are having, r- run away. <laughs> go away. <laughs> it's not worth fighting for. <laughs> If you have to fight that hard, it's it's probably just let that just let that go. Yeah, um, but like I mean, talking about you trying to remind us of it ends. It does kind of end with a trying to avoid spoilers. You really are supposed to get from the movie that don't be like Malcolm. But I think while they're doing don't be like Malcolm or improve yourself in the ways that Malcolm has to improve himself. I I think they give Malcolm a little too much sympathy in that when really. I would be fine if, like, the movie, obviously, I don't think an entire hour-long movie could, you know, sustain itself like this. But if it was just Zendaya destroying Malcolm in arguments with how much Malcolm is terrible. Well, yeah, that would be a boring movie also, I would say, Matt Ed. Um, and this movie was long. It was, it's, running time is an hour and 46 minutes. That's not that long. It is for a two-hander filled with arguments. I mean, it was to me. I felt it was really too long, uh, quite frankly. 
Um, I, I had a, some problems with this. Again, the acting school like arguments that, to me went on way long. Then of course after an argument, there's a they almost kind of get back together. They're almost hugging and kissing, but they don't, you know. And uh, another argument. But my, you know, honestly, my biggest problem I think with the film might be in the very beginning of the movie, where they're they're coming home from this premiere. He has forgotten to thank her, which is like the, you know, kind of uh, what causes this argument. But there's obviously lots of stuff deeper than that. But that's what kind of brings it out to the forefront. And he's, you know, joyous. And I love seeing him dance around this gorgeous house. That that's was, the, that's, that's the really best, fun. That is the best part of that movie. That you, really is great. You, uh, can't watch the whole movie. Just find the clip of Malcolm <laughs> dancing around the room. Yeah. And then he's, you know, he wants to celebrate and he wants her to celebrate with him. And she is not having it because she's in a horrible mood. But this ignores the entire car ride they just had to get from the film festival party after the film festival screening to the house. I'm not sure if it was a film festival. It may have just been a premiere. Sounded like... Uh, yeah, okay. True. Point is, there was this car ride. And this house is out in the, kind of like the little bit of... It's got a little bit of country niche to it. So it's outside of wherever it is. Trust me, if you've ever been in an argument with your girlfriend, or if your girlfriend is in a horrible mood and you're in a car riding home with her, you know, like there's no, there's no, there should have been no surprise. Like <laughs> maybe that's part of the, the flaws of Malcolm's character that he did not know. Could be, could be, could be. That's, that's a really valid point. That may, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but that doesn't make the, that makes the movie worse <laughs> if he's that oblivious uh, to me. So I don't know. So I found that, that, that took me out of the story to begin with. You know, that that was like a horrible kind of like, oh, I'm all right. I got, I'm going to go on this ride, but we'll see what happens. And so then when we get, get to the you know competing monologues, um, I don't know. It was just exhausting. You know, I'm glad I saw it again. Performance is amazing. Looks beautiful. Stories. Not that great to me. Uh, that's yeah. kind of what I thought. I think it's time to get into spoiler sections because some of what I want to say revolves around the ending and what I think the ending should have been. Yeah, I just uh, let me add one more thing before we get to spoilers because I think that we'll give it a grade here before in this section. Oh yeah, I never. I think you know what? I think I'm just gonna make it a thing with the podcast that I don't come up with a grade beforehand because I haven't. <laughs> um, but I just want to say the movie does raise interesting questions of um, some in in the that are in the script itself. Like, so what does a, an artist owe to the muse uh, who might inspire their story? You know, it's not not giving anything away to say that this film is based on her life. Not the, the so, film within the film is based on her. life. The film within the film is based on her life. Yeah, thank you for that. And uh, so, what what is what what is what is it? What's the responsibility there? And it, we talk about that a little bit, but it it kind of goes away. They could they didn't explore that as much as I that that would have been interesting to me. Um. There's, yeah, it there's, just kind of goes into arguments and accusations. Think, and I know there was limited by the time in which they were filming it, which is, you know, during during quarantine, during the time of COVID. They kind of, that's part of the limitations of them all being in the house. But would this movie, do you think, be better if they, you know, try to focus on some of the similar things with these similar characters, if they were able to, you know, go outside the house? And if they're, they're able to have more characters than just Malcolm and Marie? 
so I think I, it would. I think, I think what, you're, what you're asking is, is if this was a totally different movie, would it be better? And the answer is possibly. You know, it certainly could be. Like, you know, that's a, certainly maybe a better avenue to explore that question. But I don't think that's the main, the main, the main narrative question, it seems to be, is will they still be together at the end of this night? And I think the answer is yes, and I think the answer should be no. <laughs> there we go. That might, yeah, I, I think I might agree with you, actually. Um, and I kind of... Maybe I guess that's why I, we didn't enjoy it that much, or I didn't enjoy it very much. Let, let's get into spoiler territory, because I think we're, we're, we're going to start debating the end, and I don't want us to do that before we say spoilers. True. Good. good okay. Suppose, But no, we're not going to grade it right now? No, we should grade it. Let's grade it. Okay, I, I give it a C-. minus. Oh, I... I think our grading scales are kind of off with uh, how how bad a how bad a C minus is. I'll give it like a C or a C, maybe a C plus. See, right. it's not a it's not a great it's not a great movie, but I think it's a, it's a it's a decently good movie. It has it has redeeming qualities. Yeah, and they are that is beautiful to look at to me, both the people and the, and the beautiful and great performances. Like both actors really have to go there. They're just to me they're unfortunately they just have to go there too long. Um, all right, so let's get let's get into spoilers. Um, go uh, go! I don't know. You decide for yourself. When you watch <laughs> yeah. it, I don't know. It's not a must see. Yeah, I would agree with that. So watch it if you want to, or if you've already seen it. Uh, spoilers, 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 spoilers. Uh, I guess the first scene I want to bring up. One of the things of the movie is that again, this is kind of based on her life. He somewhat claims that it's not. She has deep resentment towards him that she was not in this movie. And that reminds me of uh, another movie I think I brought at the time whose name I can't remember now, but it was a similar kind of thing where he's married to somebody. They end up making the film. It's based on her, but they ended up casting somebody younger. And it's Jennifer Jason Lee is the older actress, and Gwyneth Paltrow is the one who gets the job. Um, so it reminded me of that, and that's also was another like kind of independent film um, Kind of, I would say, like an art film, mainly just because of the budget and, and style. But there's a scene where Zendaya is pretending to have this breakdown in a way that would happen in the film within the film. And it kind of, I just, it felt obvious to me. And I wonder, I wonder if you, if that bothered you also. Like, if you saw, if you noted when that this breakdown happens in this argument they're having. If I, I knew she was like the oh, character absolutely. itself was acting. Yeah. So that that kind of, like, if, you got to pull that off. And, and honestly, it's like, the writing, like the show, like the point of that scene is to show how good of an actress Marie is. But like that time, you're thinking like, but. But this is not that great. I know exactly what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I guess it was good, but like it was good. It wasn't good of her like faking it. But again, that's not her. It's not or nor is even the character. It's just the writing. We saw it coming. Because what else are they going to do? I don't know. Again, it's just you've got two people. We're arguing. And it's about communication, I guess, a lot. Because she has these deep seated resentment that she's not in this film, but yet she did stop acting. You know, so both, I don't know. Um, I wish it was a more interesting argument. The main thing what I learned is these people need to communicate better with each other. Maybe that's it, what you're supposed to get, but it could have been done better. And quicker. Because I got that pretty quickly, right? Yeah. So mm. I think my, and this is going in to the end of the movie. 
This movie looks like it ends with this argument being better for the relationship. Malcolm's going to change, possibly, it seems like, with the way that it ends with them both standing together. But honestly, this movie should end with Malcolm on the street. Like, I really, I don't know what it is about me that makes me dislike the character of Malcolm so much. He's a jerk. He's, I mean, he's terrible. <laughs> I mean, like, he's, he's really a jerk. And he says some absolutely horrible things that you could never come back from, in my experience as a human being. Like, you can't say some of the things that he said and, like, then be like, all right, what's for breakfast? You know, like, like what, you know. I don't know. And I don't remember the specifics of her monologue. It's really good. They go to bed together, kind of, and she's like, talking and, to him, and she's right? She's like, it, it's the whole, it's a, a thank you based thing. Like, thank you, Marie, for doing, uh, for dealing with how terrible Malcolm is. <laughs> I mean, really, I think this, this movie, I feel like, should put the audience in the shoes of Marie more than it does. And I think this movie should end with Marie being able to leave Malcolm or making Malcolm leave her. I think this movie needs to end with a complete and utter defeat of Malcolm. And so that, like, I don't know, so people are less like Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> right. The, the theme should be, if you act like this, you don't deserve somebody like her. Yes. Or just even for, like, just so people that are not Malcolm can go be like, huh, yep, sucks to be Malcolm. <laughs> it's like, I really think this this type of character needs a complete, like, takedown from this film. And the film doesn't do it. The film gives Malcolm too much sympathy. I mean, I think the arguments on both, I think, that, you know, they're, I don't know. I wouldn't agree with that. Um, I think they both have their moments where they're horrible to each other. They both have made mistakes in the past. That seems pretty clear. Uh, Malcolm is a jerk, without a doubt, like grade A jerk. And I certainly wouldn't want to work with him or be his friend or date him or whatever. Um, you know, Zendaya's got lots of flaws. Her character, Marie, has lots of flaws as well. She says some horribly mean things uh, too. Uh, I don't think it's quite as one-sided. Uh, and it's not. Marie does have a lot of flaws, but I don't know what it is about Malcolm. Well, she flaws. calls out his flaws too. Like yes. you know, so it's not that Marie just has a lot of flaws, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think um, I don't know. It's something about Malcolm's flaws that make me much more angry at Malcolm than I am at Marie. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I, I think that. it's the from obviously I'm 14, haven't gone to college. Or film school. But from the response I've seen is that, like, this is the person you meet in film school. Like, Malcolm <laughs> yeah. is. And maybe it's because, like, I like movies and want to be a filmmaker when I grow up. That, like, something about his, like, kind of talking downness. Like, because, remember, he mentions the director of Ben-Hur, that I'm forgetting the name of. Very popular, old older director that I've forgotten as name well. Of William William what? Winders? No, I don't think so. William, you can look it up. I'll look it up. But like and she's like I don't know who that is and like basically like the kind of like a 
the talking down almost and the fact that like i can sometimes feel myself turning into that person or almost turning into that person and like i i'm glad i'm almost glad that this movie even though it should go into more on how much malcolm is terrible can show me just how terrible malcolm is it's, and it's, he should be punished for his more than he is for his terribleness it's william wyler william wyler yeah, I think one way to look at it, this may or may not help, but his punishment is that he has to be him. I mean, he's not a happy person. He's a miserable person. Um, does the whole, this is outside the film a little bit, but does the fact that, you know, there is these this, you know, um, argument involving race and white critics and black filmmakers, does it... Does it is it weird? Does it bother you? Is it inconsequential? Not just in your opinion, but in general. It didn't that it that it's a white writer director espousing these views through his black characters. Does that even matter? I don't think it. Nah, I don't think it matters too much. It didn't you know affect me while watching it. And you did not know that Sam Levinson was white while watching it, but I I did and it didn't affect. I was I was surprised when I found out afterwards. Yeah, I I was surprised that nobody seems to care. Like, because this feels like something that Twitter would care about right now. Yeah, I'm but not they don't. sure. It didn't, or it didn't seem to. Yeah, it didn't offend me too much. Yeah. Um, I think... And I, I meant to bring this up. wouldn't say you'd be offended. But. Well, no, no. Um, I think maybe another thing that annoys me about Malcolm, you just call this podcast, things <laughs> that Hank <laughs> things I don't about, like about Malcolm. Things I don't like about Malcolm. Uh, is that, and I, I meant to mention, I wrote this down too in my notes, and I meant to mention this during the non-spoiler section, is that I feel like, and honestly, I mean, again, I do not know Sam Levinson, so I have no idea if this is accurate to who he is in real life, but I feel like, um, Malcolm is used a little, actually, you know what, I think I can say this confidently, because I've read stuff about this, that Malcolm, that Malcolm is used for the voice of Sam Levinson. A little too much when talking about critics and i uh, when the way he talks about you know critics and filmmaking i i don't know something about that made me uncomfortable and that's part of the you know the badness of his character but i feel like a little bit the way the movie frames it is like it's meant to you know say something about criticism and i'm not sure if i agree with that that thing being said so i think a good and, I, oh, can uh, i mention something you know how about Okay, go ahead. How he mentions the white lady from the LA Times. Yes. For two, that is an actual critic who, uh, like, that, that's supposed to be an actual person who gave a bad review of Assassination Nation, a movie that Sam Levinson did. Right. So I think for purposes of this conversation and for moving forward, what I think you should change with how you said what you said is that not that this character is a mouthpiece for the director, because you don't know. I don't know. Nor does any of the critics, nor does any feature writer, nor does the 24-7 entertainment news complex, do they know what the truth is on that. But what, uh, what is safe to say and accurate to say and better to say, I would, I would say, um, is that it appears. It, yes. It appears. So this character, this character appears to be a mouthpiece for the director, which is not a criticism on anybody as a person. No or their true beliefs, but it is a criticism, it's a valid film criticism, because when the characters do that, they it takes you out of the story. 
of you know if you're like that this appears to be just a mouthpiece for the writer that means you're not in the story if you're having that thought yes that's what i should have said i didn't mean to no no disrespect to anyone real lifeness well but people do this well, i'm not you know I, I know where you're coming from but like so but people do this all the time and it's someone like you who writes you know they're gonna be like is this your real life you know blah blah and what i think a lot of people would say and i have limited experiences but i would say is like every character you write every character you play is part of you like there is aspects of you coming out so i think i think writers get tired deservedly so of like the question of like is this you you know blah 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 that kind of thing so i would just say be just be aware of that and be like well yeah this character seems like a mouthpiece of the director i have no idea but it is but it's but it makes the film less good (laughs) it makes it a little more boring more a little more polemic um anyway so i was just i would say that no no that's good to say thank you for you know correcting my poor language yeah on that part um, anything else we can say about how much? Uh, what? Well, how did you feel about the character of Malcolm? <laughs> did you hate him as much as I apparently did it? before we started recording? I did not know I hated Malcolm as much as yeah. I did. I really, I really do not like Malcolm. Yeah, let's. He's a very unlikable character to me. You know, he treats uh, his girlfriend horribly. Um, that's that's enough to make him a terrible character, in my opinion. But it could be a terrible character and still be in an awesome movie. But the, just this was not that no. to me. You know. Other aspects that we liked. Yeah. I do feel it's safe to say that I liked this movie more than you did. Yeah, I think so. And I think if it, and I think part of that, like if you, <laughs> I think part of that is just going to acting school. <laughs> like, you know. Having seen scenes like this taken out of context, you know, and that's like the scene you're forced to play, you know, because you have to go there, you know, and the, this movie does go there. Emotionally, they are all over the map. The fact that the actors are this supple and able to do that is really impressive. Um, I just didn't enjoy the narrative story that came along with it. And I've probably said that six times now, so I probably need to stop saying that. Is there anything else you would like to add no. for our discussion? No. Uh, what are you reading? Um... I'm reading. Uh, I'm reading a bunch of things right now. I mean, we recorded this podcast right after the other podcast <laughs> we recorded, so they don't need to know that. <laughs> I mentioned it in the last one that we were going to record a Malcolm Marie podcast right afterwards, so they know this already. Maybe, possibly. <laughs> anyway, I'm reading the same things I was reading then, which is three things at the same time. Does Robert Drew Ebert's great movies, uh, Metamorphosis, another Franz Kafka stories, and the Sandman graphic novel series. Tell me, tell me one interesting thing from the Roger Ebers movies book that you've that you've enjoyed. I don't know. There's not anything like specific. It's just how he writes about movies is so awesome. In what way? Like he knows what he's talking about. Like he, I mean, he's Roger Ebert. He clearly, he obviously knows what he's talking about. But like he writes like he knows what he's talking about. But not that he's smarter than anyone else. Like mm. he really makes it simple. It's accessible. For the person to understand. That's hard to do too, I imagine. Uh, that's cool. All right, cool. Thank, that was awesome. Thank like you. in the fact that like someone who knows as much as Roger Ebert knows. Or no, he's dead. So he knew. knew that's what no, he well, used. yeah, knew as much as Roger Ebert knew. And he's able to, you know, make it so easy to read for someone like me who knows nothing. I mean, it's just amazing. That is really cool. I would disagree with your knowing nothing. I think you know a lot, actually, and I think you're learning a lot every day, uh, and it's pretty cool to watch. Uh, all right, cool. 
So I'm still reading the uh, the lives of the Stoics and the uh, a brief history of seven killings, and still loving both of those. Uh, but yeah, all right, cool. What's uh, all right? So we have another one down on the list. What's uh, what can we look forward to next? I don't know. We have a lot, lot to watch. Uh, probably the one. Oh, um, this Friday. Uh, this Friday, I mean the Friday that was uh, two days ago. The twenty sixth. The twenty sixth was uh, United States versus Billy Holiday. We wanted to. Oh yeah, I want to see that. So we'll probably get to that. Even though I haven't heard great things about it. Oh really? No, I haven't, I haven't heard any any response. But maybe that's if you hear nothing, it's probably not good. Um. Also, there's a uh, glitch in the Matrix, the Rodney Asher documentary. If you want to record? There's still the dig from five years ago. And tonight, what goes on tonight? Maybe we should talk just for a second about that. Uh, see if you have any pr- predictions. The Golden Globes, and that will kind of narrow. That'll that'll affect our list of things we're going to watch. Oh yeah, because we get into mainly when the Oscar nominations come out. Because we want to get, we want to get really good on like the Oscar. Watch watch the Oscar movies we need to watch, and we have a lot of Oscar movies that need to be watched. And there are some on our list that we've been meaning to get to that we think will be on that Oscar list. Sound of Music. Probably needs to be watched. Metal. Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal. That's Thank no you. longer on the list. I made a new list from the beginning of... There's uh, the, the list for movies to record a podcast on and the list of Oscar movies is a different list. I gotcha. There's well, so many lists. I think there'll be some, some merging uh, eventually. All right. So, um, but any, you want to throw out any predictions for... I don't know. It looks... Right. I don't know. I've grown... You're well, over the Golden Globes. I'm over the Golden Globes. <laughs> it does not seem that important. It doesn't. I mean, then look at the like the nominations. You got like I know like the comedy musical category is always weird, but you got music. I've heard nothing, not just nothing but bad things. I've heard nothing but terrible things <laughs> yeah. about the movie Music. Uh, the Prom. We kind of gotta watch that then. The Prom. I've heard nothing but bad things. Okay, I have several about. people who have loved the Prom. Okay, so that's so, yeah, okay. so there is some some positivity out there in the by real people. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like the television, like Emily in Paris and Ratchet. Those are two things I haven't heard great things about either. Although Mom just watched Emily in Paris, and I watched like I sat in. I was in the room when a couple of those episodes <laughs> yeah. were being watched, and they. I mean, it's not. I don't. I wouldn't call it a good show, but it was. It was a, a little enjoyable. Okay. All right, so all right, so we'll uh, so we'll be podcasting soon, and we'll talk a little bit about the Golden Globes, at least the you know who won what, and uh, a new podcast coming uh, soon. We definitely know we have one for next week with Wandavision. We'll be continuing our series. On yes. Oh, and uh, coming to America, we'll probably record a podcast on that. Is that coming out next weekend? Yeah, it's next weekend. Okay, and I think the weekend after that, maybe uh, the Snyder Cut. Oh well, goodness gracious, we have some fun stuff coming up. Yeah, we do. Uh, thank you for listening, and hopefully you'll be intrigued enough to listen some more. Oh, I will say the trial of the Chicago 7 will win the Best Drama Award tonight. All right, there we go. Now that's what I wanted a prediction. We got a prediction. I predict you might be right. All right. Dejadago, homie. Until we meet again. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Sergier and Antoine Blanc. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email. A twice a month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.